0: Afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Condo Insider. Uh, my name is Jane Sugimura, and I'm going—I'm your host for this episode. And Condo Insider is a show about condominium living and people who work and uh, uh, work around and live in condos. And today, my guest is Raylene Tenno. She's a uh, program director for Hawaii Council of Community Associations. Thank you, Raylene, for coming and being on my show.
1: Thank you, Jane. Thank you for asking me to be here today.
0: We're going to have to call this a Raylene and Jane show pretty soon. But anyway, we've got another topic about and and this is a a very kind of tricky topic. And uh, what we're going to be talking about is the uh, request uh, for reasonable accommodation that residents and condominiums have to uh, uh, ask their board. And basically, the the, the, base, the reason for the re- request for reasonable accommodations is the uh, is the uh, residential type of law. It's called um, fair housing, right? right? And <coughs> that, that's the uh, ADA law, American for Disability Law, that applies to commercial buildings. The the counterpart that applies to residential buildings is the fair housing and this is the the law that says uh if you're disabled that um the owner of the property has to make uh, allow reasonable accommodation so that you as a uh, disabled person uh can have the same enjoyment of uh their unit residential unit as a person who's not disabled correct okay so and this is a federal law this is a federal law so, you know, this is big, big fines right. and big enforcement. Can't play with it. Yeah, you can't, you can't play around with this. So, <laughs> you know, you have to make sure that, um, you know, you c- kind of know what the law is. Or if you don't know uh, and you're faced with a situation, you know, where somebody comes and makes a reasonable co- a request for a reasonable accommodation, the first thing you do if you don't know is you contact the association counsel and you say, I have a request for a reasonable accommodation. What do I do? Right. Right. <clears throat> right. Right and 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 listen to the attorney i mean uh i mean that that's where you you go i mean sometimes you know the property managers know how to handle this but if you're not sure and if your staff is not sure that's the first thing you need to do is make sure you have advice of counsel because if you make a mistake the um the agency that enforces fair housing is the hawaii civil rights commission correct and, and
1: also Legal Egg will take action, too.
0: Okay, but the, the Hawaii Civil Rights Commission, I mean, they're the ones who come down and issue big fines, yep. right? Big Later. fines. Big time. Big time. <laughs> and and I've, I've, I've been told that they're not nice. No, they're not. It's they're not, they're not, not nice. And, yeah. and, and sometimes they can be heavy-handed. And, um, and, you know, people grumble. But, uh, you know, so, so and, and it's easy. For a, a, a person who wants to make a claim, they just go down there and talk to somebody, and the next thing you know, you got an investigator. You get a letter in the mail saying, "You know, John Doe has uh, come into our office and alleged that you discriminated against him in violation of fair housing, and we want all your paperwork, and we want your firstborn child, and you know everything else." <laughs> and it's years.
1: It's years of of litigation. They'll bring you in for depositions. Um,
0: they want all your paperwork.
1: Yeah. They'll even attend, I believe they'll even attend some of your board meetings.
0: Yeah, I, I heard, you know, it, 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 it can be really scary. Yeah. And so for those of you out there, when somebody makes a request for a reasonable accommodation, don't fool around. Like I said, you know, contact, uh, you know, your managing agent. If the managing agent doesn't know how to handle it, you contact the association's general counsel because this is serious stuff. Okay, so fair housing, it basically says that if, if um, you're the owner of a building, and in this case it's a condominium, so we're talking about the board of directors, and somebody lives in the unit, doesn't have to be an owner, it's a resident mm-hmm. who is disabled, and they want, a re- they want to make, and when they ask for a reasonable accommodation, this means that they want to make a request that kind of goes against the, the, norm. the norm, the existing rules. And like if it's construction, somebody in a wheelchair may need to widen the doorway. Right, right? So, so they have to uh, widen the doorways and replace the doors. Or, you know, if they have mobility problems made, they wanna put handles on the wall, so, uh, grips, right. Right? right? So that they can, and you know, uh, a lot of these, I mean, um, if it's inside the unit, it, you, you only have to get the, the owner's consent, but if it's outside, like a door, Right. You would have to get the the board's consent. And and going back to the wheelchair example, let's say you want to put a ramp. Right. And the ramp, because sometimes uh, buildings have stairs, Mm -hmm. short stairs. And so, yes, you can put in a ramp. But if you're the person making the request, Fair Housing says, you pay for it. Correct. You bear the cost. You bear the cost of putting in the, the ramp. The, the if Once you make the request and if you can, uh, uh, you know, uh, meet the test about, you know, being disabled and you can show that you have mobility problems and you need that ramp, they cannot refuse you. You then have to go out and get an engineer Correct. or whatever, get the proper permits and you have to pay to put in this ramp and the association can make you pay to remove it Correct. when you leave, Correct. right? Yes. And for, for all of those things, uh, you know, you need to write a letter uh, to the board and, and, and That request the letter to the board is the request for reasonable accommodation You're basically saying I'm disabled. I need for the board to give me permission to make a change to my unit Or to the building, mm-hmm. you know, so that I can enjoy my My stay here just like somebody else who isn't disabled, right? and you know, we're, we're hearing some really strange things about people with allergies, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. People with allergies. And so that means that they might be allergic to the cleaning stuff that the housekeeping people use. Cleaning, cutting grass. That's right, cutting grass. <laughs> and, you know, so this raises all kinds of problems because it's like, well, what are we supposed to do now? Right. You know, and it's not like you can, you can say, oh, well, uh, <laughs> you know, you have to go and get some allergy medicine or something. I mean, that's right away, that's a, that's a violation because (laughs) you're not allowing them you know uh to to uh, kind of uh uh, modify the rules and they're coming to you saying i'm disabled you got to change your rules which Mm -hmm. means you got to change the way you do housekeeping maybe by non-hypoallergenic products or at least products that don't set off the allergies that this resident has
1: do it try to do the use that detergent or whatever. Well, maybe the person's always known to be at work, so yeah. it's not when they're occupying the unit, and then you're trying to clean with the stuff that um, aggravates her allergies, right. or even like asthma. Yeah. Some of it can activate the asthma.
0: And and so so you know the, this you know there, there's a whole gamut uh, of things that a person uh, can request, and you know and, and and some you know board members you know who, who may not know uh, be aware of the law, or may not. Be sensitive. I mean, they're you know they're likely to just try to brush it off and say, well you know you need to go and get some whatever allergy medicine or uh, you know or you know we don't want you to put up a ramp because it's going to be ugly. Yeah, they can't you know what what you you guys who are listening to this have to understand is you can't do that. If the person is disabled and they come to the board and they say because of my disability I need a ramp and 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 if they're willing to pay for it and they go out and get the permits. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do, but right. you, know, you, you need to grant it, and, uh, you, you, and, and they do have to pay for it. Right. You know, so it's not like it's gonna cost the association money. And I can remember one, uh, one incident, and this is a townhouse project, mm-hmm. and you couldn't get a ramp up the, they were in the second floor unit. Mm. They couldn't get the ramp up.
1: The stairs it would have to because of the building code it would literally have to go around the building in a circle right. to meet the code requirements
0: and so what happened is they took the lanai they took and opened up the lanai because what happened is the resident who had been living there for like 20 years she had some kind of a i don't know what kind of illness it was but they had to amputate uh you know a portion of her leg and her other leg was somehow, you know, uh, affected, so she couldn't walk. You know, she couldn't even stand. So oh she was God. in a wheelchair. And so basically, if she wanted to live in this second-story townhouse, the only way she could do it is if they could get a ramp from the lanai. And so, and what happened is, you know, with, uh, with townhouses, they have courtyards, right. right? So there's this ramp that came into the courtyard. <laughs> and some of the you know the there i think it was maybe four eight right and then there's a courtyard right and every everybody kind of used it you know for playground playground and so there was some pushback pushback. but it wasn't you know there wasn't a whole lot and it wasn't i don't think it was that intrusive it was from the second floor and they made one zig and then one zag You know, so right. so that it the, would take
1: the whole car. Yet I can I can't right. So that. so that the
0: wheelchair could go. But that was the only way she could live right. in her unit, stay right. in her unit, and uh, and and I, I think she was able to live like that for maybe three years, and then when she passed, you know, her we'll family down. tore it down. But that was one of the more extreme. Yeah, that is
1: that is yeah. That's really really extreme.
0: Right. Yeah. And and yeah. and we had to. Tell the people, I mean, it it did kind of break up their playground, but it wasn't like they lost, you know, square foot. I mean, they could still put their swing set and this sandbox. You know, they just had to. It's really compassion. Really,
1: it's compassion on everybody's part. And
0: you know, they have to understand that as the and it wasn't their land; it was common Common area, right? The the courtyard is common area. The fact that the association allowed them to have swing sets and a sandbox and Stuff. I mean, it was an accommodation to them as well. Right. So, you know, when 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 you know they were told, okay, the only way you know we can put in uh, this um, um, you know ramp, and this is the only way she could live in the unit, and it and it and it wasn't and and it wasn't as if you know she was a new person or a renter. She was a 20-year owner who got sick, you know, and 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 all of these things. And these things happen. Mm-hmm. And and so I guess, you know, what, you know, we need to tell people who live in condominiums is you have to be flexible, you have to be sensitive, Mm -hmm. you have to understand that this is a federal law with really big consequences that could, you know, affect the association big time as far as fines and lawyers and all that bad stuff that comes with, uh, you know, uh, litigation. And you're up against the federal government. So, you know, you, you, you really need to uh, make sure that you understand the law. And when a, a, somebody comes in with something called a request for accommodation, the, 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 the word reasonable accommodation is the buzzword for fair housing, right? <laughs> right. If you hear right. that, you, you hear that, and uh, you, you, you need to, you know, quick call your lawyer, call the managing agent, say, okay, what do I do? Right. And, and listen and follow their instructions. Right. Correct. Right. Okay, well, we're getting into the, our, our, our break time, and so we're gonna take a one-minute break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna be talking about the other big thing about reasonable accommodations, that's people with pets, or people who want to live in condominiums that don't allow pets, but they, they have pets. And so uh, they have to ask for a reasonable accommodation right. if the building is a no-pet
2: building. But we'll discuss that when we get back from our break. Thanks to our ThinkTech underwriters and Grand Tours. The Atherton Family Foundation. Carol Monley and the Friends of ThinkTech. The Center for Microbial Oceanography Research and Education. Collateral Analytics. The Cook Foundation. Dwayne Carisu, The Hawaii Community Foundation. The Hawaii Council of Associations of Apartment Owners. Hawaii Energy. The Hawaii Energy Policy Forum. Hawaiian Electric Company, Integrated Security Technologies, Galen Ho of BAE Systems, Kamehameha Schools, M.W. Group, the Scheidler Family Foundation, the Sidney Stern Memorial Trust, Volo Foundation, Yuriko J. Sugimura. Thanks so much to you all.
0: to Condo Insider, my name is Jane Sugimura, and my, my uh, guest today is Reli Tenno, and we're talking about uh, 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 requests for reasonable accommodations, and how do you deal with them? And uh, the short answer is, you be, treat them very seriously. You take them very seriously, and you don't try to slough them off, or try to uh, ignore them. They don't go away, and uh, the consequences are huge if you violate their housing correct you pay attention to those right so in the, the first part of the show we were talking about uh different types of uh requests for reasonable accommodation that dealt with um changes to the unit to the building and uh or if you know the the building uses chemicals you know that trigger allergies in people and but the one the one i guess contentious area is pets. Right. Everybody, well, first of all, everybody knows about service animals, and service animals are allowed everywhere, okay? And, and that means if you have a no-pets policy, they, you, the federal law under fair housing says you must allow a service animal. And service animals, uh, unfortunately, are not registered mm-hmm. by right. federally right. or in the state of Hawaii, right? Right, right. There's no registry system at all. So if you see a dog with a jacket or, you know, something that says, you know, service animal, I mean, they, they can get them on the Internet, right? Correct. That Correct. doesn't make them a service animal. Right. right. And, and, and by definition, a service animal is, some, is an animal, and it doesn't have to be a dog. It can be a miniature horse, I Correct. believe. Yes. But, you know, th- they are animals that are trained specially to assist a person with a disability. And the only question, and because they're not certified, you can't ask them for certification or proof that they are ser- service animals because there is no such certification or paper proof, mm-hmm. or you can't go on the internet and find them registered anywhere. Right, there's
1: no registry system at all, no. nowhere.
0: No, and, and all you can ask is, what does a dog do? What right? tasks does he perform? What, what tasks does he perform? You cannot ask about the disability. That's a no-no. That's a HIPAA violation. That's big-time fine. So you cannot ask about the disability. Uh, you can only ask, uh, what does the dog do? Task. What tasks does a dog right. do? And, you know, when, when um, it's obvious, like somebody who's blind mm-hmm. and, and, and uses a seeing-eye dog, I mean, that is very obvious. But there are some uh, s- some... Medical situations that, you know, use service animals that you can't, where the disability is not obvious. And uh, uh, what is it? The, the, the soldiers who come back. PTSD. PTSD, right? I mean, they look normal, but because they have this syndrome, they have a dog, a service animal that's trained to deal with this syndrome. Right.
1: They, they, they can kind of sense when that episode is going to happen,
0: so to speak. Yeah. And then you have these uh, dogs that help people who have mobility issues. They're usually large dogs or, what is it, the, the miniature pony. Right. right, helps them stand. Helps them stand. And so in those instances, it might not be obvious what the animal does to, right. to assist these people. But the only thing, if you are an, uh, an association, you, 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 you can ask them, what does your, your dog do? Right, what tasks
1: does he perform?
0: And then there's after the service animal. And service animals, I mean, that's a no-brainer. If it's a service animal, uh, they have to be allowed. Right. You, some, you know, you ask for a reasonable accommodation. And if it's a service animal, it's a no-brainer. They must be allowed. And with service animals, they're pretty much trained, you know, so that they're not going to pee in the hallway. They're gonna and they're bark. not going to be aggressive. And, you know, they're always on a leash. Right. They're not going to be barking. Yeah, they, they don't bark. And so, you know, so those animals, you know, it, it, you know it, the, they don't seem to be a problem. The issue is for people, um, and now I guess the term is emotional support animal. Right. <laughs> uh, they, these used to be the comfort animals. What else, what else were they called? Therapy animals. Therapy animals. Now the, they, they're lumped together in a category called emotional support, support animals. What exactly is a, an emotional support animal?
1: A pet. <laughs> a pet.
0: <laughs> I, of course, if you just call them a pet, and they say, oh, no, this is not a pet. It's an emotional support animal. So I'm thinking, okay, so what is an emotional support animal? I have many at home. <laughs> but anyway, under fair housing, the association, if a, re- a request for a reasonable accommodation is made and, it, and the request comes from a professional health care provider, the association really has no recourse but to say, okay, I guess we gotta let this person have the, the animal. Right, but just remember though, um,
1: whoever writes that, um, that letter has to be licensed in the state and has to be one of your, um, your physicians or doctors. It can't just be like, I've, I've seen some that were written by a dentist, one guy turned one in that was written by an OBGYN, like really, <laughs> you know, so it's gotta be legitimate because they're going to, the board is going to verify that, that person actually wrote it and, he, and that you are his patient, right? right. And yeah, he has the
0: authority to be able to do it. And some people, I mean, what they do is, you know, they, they, want to, they, they, they decide they, they want to get a pet. And so they go to their, their, their you know, general GP who they've seen for 20 years. And they say, oh, I doc, I need a letter. I need a letter from my association. You need to, you know, and, and you can get forms, right, from the Humane Society. Right. And, and some associations even hand them out to people who want to make a request for a, a reasonable accommodation to have a, an animal. And you know, so you know, they come to the doctor and say, "Oh, here, you know, just fill, you know, s- sign this." And you know, with with no examination, without even making a determination that the patient has a disability, as required, you know, as defined by federal law, doctors will sign it, and voila and you know there's and, the, and this is what gets some associations really mad mm-hmm. right right because they figure okay this is bogus mm-hmm. it's not like they really have a disability and they really need an animal but we gotta let them in because this professional signed the letter right that says all the right things right <laughs> yes <laughs> and 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 so um and you were talking about some letters and you have some examples of letters um, yes. Better.
1: Yes, and some of them. I mean, like some of them will ask questions. What is the connection between your disability and the requested accommodation? And that's kind of like a, a direct no-no because you're asking them what their disability is, and which is something you cannot ask.
0: Right. That's you can a, only
1: a, ask that. What task does the animal perform? Right. You cannot ask them any questions about their disability.
0: Right. And and that means that you know even if they show up, you know, at the board meeting. None of the directors can say, "Well, tell us what your disability is." Correct. Tell us what function you can't perform. They can't do that. Right. That's a, a right off the bat. That's a no-no. That's a violation. You get hit with a big fine. So those are questions you cannot ask. Right.
1: And also, like if you ask the doctor to disclose information about the patient, that is also number one, you can't ask it. Number two, that's a HIPAA violation. You know, healthcare um, violation. So it, the doctors can't disclose that, that disability at all, at all, at all.
0: Right. In other words, HIPAA basically says that that is private. Whatever health condition you have, but it, you know, if this person is in a conversation, that person can 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 you know talk about their disabilities, you know, at right. any Because then it's the person disclosing. Right. But right. If the board were to ask, and that's where HIPAA says no, you cannot ask. Right. 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 And if and if you ask, then it's a violation. And you know, um, th- there are big fines involved. And these are forms that, uh, and, and you, know, those, you, know, you guys who are listening, Humane Society, I think, has forms. I think the Humane Society forms are pretty much current. And they don't ask questions like that. Um, if, if you have a form that's been developed or that's being used by your association, you might want to have your general counsel check it out to make sure it's still current. Because, you know, fair housing is, is a law that keeps changing. And, uh, and you know, and some of these uh, uh, the forms that are out there, you know, at least these two that we have, you know, don't seem to comply with the law.
1: Yes, so, make, so all the condos need to make sure that they're in compliance with the correct fair housing laws in the language that they use in their forms.
0: Right, and, and, and you know, by using a form that, you know, asks... Questions ask for information that you're not supposed to be asking for can get you into big trouble. If if they, you know if the uh, uh, the person you know wants to go to the humane society, uh, not the humane society, the, the civil rights commission, and complain about the association. So you really need to have those forms uh, checked out. And you know uh, while we're at it, w- w- there's talk that there's going to be some legislation in the next session. Why don't we know. talk about wh- what okay. what the legislation is going to be all about? Okay, so part of it is to um, kind of crack down and really
1: come down on the people that are that are fraudulently writing the letters that are really not authorized to write the letters. Um, but they're
0: only doing it because, like, if you're so, my patient and you you know I've seen you for twenty years, you want a pet, <laughs> and you come to me with a form, and I'm saying, sure really, and I'll sign. Where do I sign? I'll sign.
1: But they have it eth- under their medical license. They have an ethical duty. Um, and there's ethical standards that they have to also comply with. So some, in some cases writing that letter will be a violation of their code of ethics under their medical license.
0: Right. Because just, you know, um, uh, in, in the form, what they're basically saying in the form is that if, if, if you are the resident and I'm the doctor, the form basically says Raylene Kennell is my patient. Mm-hmm. I'm the professional who signed you the letter. So I have to attest under oath that you are my patient and that I've examined you and that I have made a professional determination that you are suffering from a disability as defined by federal law. That means that I have looked at the federal law and I know <laughs> the definition of what a disability is and you have it, right? Right. <laughs> right. And so when I sign this letter, you know, when I sign this letter, I'm telling the whole world that I've done, that, that number one, you're my patient, which you are. Number two, that I've examined you, which I haven't, and that I, I've based on my examination, I found out, I've determined that you have a disability as defined by federal law, and I haven't done that, but yet I'm gonna sign this paper. But if I, by signing it and not doing all those things, I've violated my license so that uh, somebody can complain against, and if I, you know, so it'd be the medical board. Right. And the medical board could, could have a hearing and decide, you know, we're, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. We're going to fine you. And if you do it again, maybe we'll take away your license. Right. Those kinds of things, right? Right. right. Correct. Correct. And the whole purpose of this statute would be to make sure that the people who are making, signing the Request for Reasonable Accommodations are complying with their professional and ethical obligations when they write these letters. Correct. It's Correct.
1: Really, really bring... Bringing the whole issue down to um, what's real, you know, and get rid of all the fake stuff. I mean, it, you know, people have to realize that when you go into a condo, the people that bought in there, bought into, their, into, the, into the building um, for, for lots of reasons. Um, some of it was because it's uh, pet friendly, pet, not, not pet friendly, because they don't like dogs or they don't like animals because they have allergies or they just, some people just can't stand the barking you don't want to deal with that um, like cats you don't want to go buy an apartment and it just reeks of cat litter you know so, so i really truly believe that some people have to be um, be aware that there's reasons why people bought into certain buildings and because they, have to they don't respect have fun. That. yeah
0: they have to have respect
1: for those people
0: and, and there are organizations in town including the humane society that have pet friendly buildings that they even they post show up them. on the internet right pet friendly buildings you want to you have a pet you want to live in a condo live in those condos right 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 instead of picking a condo that has a no pets policy and then 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 you're you're going counter uh you know to the people who live there and even if the board gives you grant your request for a reasonable accommodation all condos have Mm rules and if your pet if you don't clean up after them if you don't let put them on a leash if they bark if they create a nuisance they can ask you to remove the animal.
1: Yeah, because most of the buildings that were typically no pet buildings, but now because of the situation, they have they've had to allow the pets. They are now constantly picking up dog poop. Yep, where they never had a problem before. You know, so some people that want to bring in these pets, I mean, you guys are creating the part of the problem. Yeah. you know, because you're not even picking up after your own your own
0: dogs. And I know we could go on and on and on, but we've run out of time, and <sighs> so. So, so we're going to have to, we will, I'm sure we're going to come back and revisit this during the legislative session when that bill goes through. And we'll let you guys know what the bill number is so that you can call in and, and, and offer your support. But anyway, thank you for joining us for this episode of Condo Insider. And please tune in next week for another uh, exciting and informative episode of Condo Insider about condo living. Thank you and mahalo.